Hi, this is Steve Thompson, and today we're going to read Luke chapter 14, verses 22 through 35, the end of the chapter. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you'll say, But we ate and drank with you. You taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day I must proceed on my way, for it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We've got two realities painted for us in this passage that give us attention. There's something in our gut that I don't think likes the first reality. We react really, we just cringe at that reality. But ultimately, it gives significance and purpose to the second reality. Lord, how many are going to make it into your kingdom and be rescued from this mess, we ask. And Jesus doesn't give us numbers. He doesn't say, you know what? In the end, everyone's going to get in. He also doesn't say, yeah, very few of you are going to make it. What he does say is don't think that just because you knew about me and thought you understood what I was all about, that you're a part of the kingdom I'm setting up. The truth is, a lot of people who feel self-assured that they've got a corner on this deal because of the fa their faith or the nationality that they've been born into will be completely shocked and disappointed. And a lot of the people that you'd never expect because of their nationality will make it in. Or you might be surprised by the role that they've played in God's so story so far because to you, they don't seem very important at all. That said, 
the door will eventually shut. There will be a judgment that will separate people for eternity. Some will be in and some will be left out. But Jesus is asking us to choose to get in, choose to know me, choose to follow me and enter into the culture of my kingdom. I can confidently tell you this. Jesus is not trying to create insecurity with those of us who have put their faith in him. He's not. Jesus is trying to create insecurity to shake the certainty of people who have been so confident that they knew what God was up to and then they completely missed it every time God sent them a clear message via a prophet or, say, God himself in Jesus. And has he's headed into this final act of his mission, headed toward Jerusalem, headed toward death. He wants to wake people up to the turbulent times that are coming. They're just a few short years away. And Jesus is going to become the ultimate sacrifice that would render the current temple worship and structure obsolete. In other words, that's the foundation that they were standing on, the way they've done it for all these years. The Jewish people would find that the foundation they've been standing on will completely crumble and be destroyed unless they step over onto him as their foundation. But in the last part of this section, we see Jesus mourning and grieving because he knows that too few will make that shift with him. And this is where he paints the second beautiful picture of God's heart. You've probably come across this reality wired into the nature of a mother's self-sacrificial instincts on behalf of her young. And you can just picture maybe walking into what was once a beautiful barn, and now it's burned to the ground. And as you walk through the fallen timbers and the ashes, just kind of kicking stuff aside, you come across the charred remains of one of your hens. But as you stare at the lifeless form, all spread before you, you see some of those charred feathers start to ruffle and you hear a commotion. You look under her wings and you find that some of her chicks ran to their mom as she gave her life to protect them from the fire. So th this image of what Jesus is wanting to do, I want that to reassure all of us that yes, Jesus is affirming a future that will one day bring this chapter to an end. The kingdom will come in all of its fullness and the time for choosing the foundation that we're going to build on, the citizenship that we live out, our source of rescue and hope, that time will come to a close. But Jesus stands here in space and time crying out that we would come to him and find shelter under his wings. He's inviting us in. Will we build our lives on this reality? Will we make choices today and tomorrow that reflect our trust and citizenship in that kingdom? Will we draw near and lean into him? So as we face those two realities and sit in that hard tension, I, I guess I'm going to pray right now that we hear God's voice. So would you 
pray with me? Lord, my guess is most of the people praying along with me right now, they've probably already made a choice to run to you. That's my hope. And those of us who have made that choice, may we take great joy in the protection that you've given to us. We are so thankful. May all of us walk in confidence, knowing and loving you. But if there's any of us listening right now who are on the fence with this whole deal, we're still maybe playing around with these ideas and kicking in tires, just trying to figure out if trusting you is really worth it, then Lord, for those of us in that camp, I pray that we hear your voice today loud and clear that everywhere we look, everything we hear, it just all resonates with your voice calling to us. So Father, that's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you go about today or tomorrow and and this image still settles with you, I encourage you, listen for his voice and lean into him. All right, we'll see you the next time.